Hey, it's Sean. We all have that voice in our head. You know, the one that says things like, what are you doing? What are you crazy? Who do you think you are to pull us off? We all have that voice in our head. And there's a cost to actually avoiding that voice. When I look back at the biggest successes in my life, in my personal professional life, that voice showed up big time. And when I listened to it and took action anyways, that led to the biggest moments in my life. Recently, I spoke in Hartford at the Snow and Ice Management Association. Yes, you heard that right. The Snow and Ice Management Association International Conference. Did I ever think that I would be speaking at the Snow and Ice Management Association Conference from the guy from Canada that has shoveled snow but has never worked heavy machinery? That voice in my head showed up. It showed up repeatedly. It showed up the week before. It showed up in meetings. It showed up the night before I was scheduled to speak to 120 of the biggest companies in North America and Europe. And the voice said, who are you to talk to them? Who are you to talk to these snow and ice management professionals? And I listened to that voice and I thought, you know what? They are professionals. They have grown their business. But what I'm really good at is helping you grow your business, your family-owned business, without working 24-7. And I brought that energy to the session. And the session went incredibly well. We all have that voice in our head. The voice might sound like it's pulling us back and it's our worst critic. But I find that with peak performers... They often perform their best when they have their critic in their head or they have somebody that they want to actually prove wrong. I'm tired of the way entrepreneurship is explored online today. It never looks or sounds like us. I hear so often from family-owned business owners, hey, I'm stupid. I don't have an education. I don't have a following. I don't have an MBA. And that breaks my heart. That really gets my blood boiling. The interesting thing for me is often I would hear from these owners that have the pedigree, that had the courage to start their business, that have successful businesses that employ many people, physical buildings, trucks with their name on the side. And yet they still thought they were stupid or less than. And that was something I just couldn't understand. And when I actually said, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, look what you've done. That insight alone was something that they don't hear enough of. When we start thinking that we're stupid and we don't belong, we're holding ourselves back. We're holding our brilliance that we bring to the world back. And I want to have the conversations that I have one-on-one -on -one with my clients over coffee or beers. And I want to bring that energy and those conversations to this podcast. Because we take our business seriously, but not ourselves. Please join us for the stories the way you would tell them from people just like you. Join us as we try our hardest to stop stepping in stupid. The thing about me 
is I absolutely love working with family-owned business owners that have had a tremendous amount of growth long before meeting me. And I help them get to the next level while not working 24-7. That's exactly how I met our guest today, Kevin Cassidy. Many years ago, 2016 to be precise, I met Kevin in a business entrepreneurship program. And we bonded over the love of hockey and the love of business. Since then, Kevin introduced me to the most passionate business owners I've ever met in my life in the blue collar space. There is no one I would ever want to launch this podcast with than Kevin Cassidy, the owner and founder of Cassidy Paving in Haverhill, Mass. First of all, tell me a little bit about growing up. I know you grew up in Boston, but was there anything in your past and your childhood growing up in Boston that would lead you to believe that you're going to be this business owner one day? Uh, nope. <laughs> Nothing that, uh, I had a normal upbringing. I grew up in, uh, Melrose to start. And then I, uh, ended up in Stoneham for most of my, uh, junior years, uh, up through, uh, up through high school. And, uh, yeah, no, there was, there was, for me, there was no metric that I can look back on and say, no, that was, that was it. That That's what turned me. It was just the need. It was just the want for, uh, money and freedom. Okay. Well, hey, money and freedom are t- are two good ones. So now you're the uh, the owner, founder, president of Cassidy Paving in Haverhill. Did I did I get that pronunciation right? Yes, you did. Pretty good. It took me a while for a Canadian to learn it. So, uh, <laughs> so let before we go into like how how the company's doing now, um, how did you start the company? Like, how did you get into the paving business? In high school, I, uh, middle school and high school, I used to cut lawns, neighbors' lawns and stuff like that. And I ended up growing that business since I started a landscape company. And I could never find anybody to fix the asphalt curbs for me in the springtime. So I bought an asphalt curb machine, started doing that. And then, uh, I ended up selling the landscape company in 08 and going to the paving full time because I saw a, uh, saw a good opportunity in it. So, so I always think the founder stories are so amazing, right? <laughs> so you were cutting grass in high school to make a couple of bucks. Then you hired a bunch of friends. You scaled. You sold the company. You saw that nobody was doing curbs. And so then you started your own paving company. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So talk about the current reality of, of your company. Like what's the size, the scope, how many team members? Um, yeah, we, we're, we're about a $20 million company and we have, uh, a little shy of between six, 60 full time up to 80 sometimes, um, employees. And we've been, uh, we've been growing at a pretty good tier over the last five years, um, between, uh, 30 and 50% a year. I, I like that you just say that so casually. Thirty to fifty percent a year. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure actually all of our listeners would love to have that thirty to fifty percent a year. And how long is your growth record? I know you've got this ridiculously long streak, like Cal Ripken like streak of growing every year. Um. So yeah, it's it's been about fifteen years of continued growth. Wow. So yeah, it's uh it's been quite a ride. Everybody wants the growth, but there's a lot of pain that comes with it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, well, you 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 just perfectly transitioned into what I was going to ask you is working with uh, family-owned business owners. Um, one thing that I want this podcast to be a little different. It's not just talk about all the glory and all the success. It's it's the conversations we have in the coffee shop or the bar uh, about the real struggles and the voice in our head. And and one of the things is. We've all, every single entrepreneur that I know, we've made stupid decisions. I don't know anybody. If anybody hasn't, then I think they're fooling themselves. But um, we've all made them. It's it's part of the process. But do you have one in mind that you'd like to like take a mulligan on? <laughs> and that I know when I asked you before, you're like, oh, I got a whole bunch of them. But do you have one in mind that you like to talk about? Yeah, I think just. Um... One that stands out to me is um, being comfortable. So in the past few years, there's been times where we had great success and 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 we've made money, and then you get com- you get comfortable and and being comfortable is dangerous sometimes in this game. Um, so that's the one thing that I can really put my finger on and say, if I had to look back and one thing I would have done differently is to to I've come to the point now I train myself to just live uncomfortably. Like I'm we're always in order to grow, you have to be uncomfortable. So, um, so I've, I've, I've got over that hump, but I wish I got over that sooner. (laughs) Um, and not been complacent and comfortable and, and been okay with that feeling sooner. So I know a lot of people talk about, you know, leaving your comfort zone and all of that. But when you're talking as a business owner, how did you know that you're getting comfortable? And was there anything that kind of went, well, maybe, maybe I need to, you know, shake things up. The first step from the most recent time was probably that, uh, we, um, that the numbers started to slide and the profitability started to slide because, um, we had a long stretch of being profitable at a certain level. And what we did at that level is not the same as what we did at the next level. So I was comfortable at that level. I let it ride. And then looking back, you're like, oh, well, that's kind of, that's why our numbers slipped. And that's why, that's why we had a, whatever it was, it was a third and fourth quarter hole. Um, and I can attribute that directly to, okay, well, we had the year before we had 30% growth. Last year was 50. And we just assumed it was always going to go and it was always going to be profitable each step. And it's not. <laughs> So what were some of the things that made you a little bit uncomfortable? And, you know, looking back now, you're probably like, hey, maybe th- those were good things. But what were some of the things that you did that made you a little bit uncomfortable at first? I, th- I think it's just taking a look at the P&Ls after the fact and then <laughs> saying, oh, oh, we should have handled that a little differently. Um, and, and that and that puts you right back in uh, the numbers and the financials have a uh, – have a uh, a direct way to uh, recalibrate you very quickly. <laughs> well, one one of the things that I I remember distinctly, and you know, we we both know Jim Kalutis and and Jonathan Crandall, but you had told me that they had uh, one of them, and they're both so humble they don't take credit for this, but they had asked you a question that really made you think. Do you do you remember remember what that question was? Um, yeah, the, the year was probably like 2014, maybe 2015. And, um, and I, and to this day, I can't remember which one, but they, uh, they had said, what are you doing to grow yourself? And I didn't really know what that question meant. I was like, grow the company. They're like, no, no, you know, grow yourself as a leader. 
because at the end of the day, you're, our number one investment here is people and human capital. And what are you doing to invest in yourself so you can invest in it, so you can bring your people to the next level? And I was kind of, I didn't understand what that question really meant at that point. Um, But then it came around to me and I'm like, well, really nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that was their way to push me into like organizations like Landmark Institute, um, EO Boston, um, and um, Strategic Coach in Toronto. So within a few years, I started getting into all these programs. And it's a lot of information to take yeah. in. And you don't use everything you have, but at least the stuff's like marinating. So when mm-hmm. you get to a certain point, you can extract yeah. those nuggets um, because you may not need it at that point, but you're continually learning. Yeah. And since that point, now I continually learn about my trade, my um, peers, and and, um, and so on and so forth. And since that point... I can actually, we, we had to do this exercise at an EO retreat and uh, I can put a line on our sales of when it started. And at that point we were doing like 1.3 million and then, and it was pretty flat up to that point. And then at that point when I started to do all these programs, um, it skyrocketed. So And continues to. Well, the, the, the irony, Kevin, which the audience doesn't know, uh, that's how we met. Uh, I met Kevin in 2016 in Strategic Coach in Toronto. Uh, I had thought about uh, joining that for nine years <laughs> before I had the courage to actually lay down the, the money. And I think it's something that we had in common. The night before our very first class, I was nervous. I, I thought, like, I don't belong in this room. This is a whole bunch of international successful business owners. I hope they're nice to me. I, you know, I'm probably going to be the dumbest kid in the class. And then I showed up very nervous and you were the very first person that I met. You were there early for breakfast. I walked over, shook, shook your hand. And, uh, you know, we've been friends ever since. Absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I had the same feeling The because the, you don't know what you're coming into. And you're like, wow, this, this, this is, this is above my, above my, uh, above my level. But that's part of being uncomfortable as well. That's the, that's getting to the next level. When I went into EO Boston and, um, actually referenced Jimmy Colutus again, and he, uh, he had said, you're in the construction world. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, you do P and L by job. I said, no, he said, you need to start doing P and L by job immediately. And, and we did, it was painful. It was a tough process to implement because you need to get information from the field into the office and the office has to put it into the right buckets and so on and so forth. But once I did that, it was eye opening because you're like, all right, this works no good. This works great. And then you start homing the business and the marketing towards that type of stuff. So, um, that was the first thing that I can really highlight that, that really, I was like, oh, wow, this is absolutely game changing. And now that that's actually built into what do you do every morning when you come into work? We do a, um, sales total for the week or I do personally of what we're, what we got for projects on the, on the work for the week. Yeah. There's, there's a gazillion more financial metrics than when I started. (laughs) (laughs) 
But, you know, hey, getting that 15-year track record of growth, people look at that, but there's work that goes to that. There's habits, there's routines that you bake into your schedule every day um, that you've done. So now you're sitting here, 2023. What does your life look like outside of the walls of Cassidy Corp? I am married uh, for 11 years now. Uh, My beautiful wife, Kate, and I got three... Uh, I was going to say awesome children, but sometimes they're not so awesome. Uh, um, I got three great kids. I got a uh, nine-year-old daughter, a six-year-old son, and a five-year-old son. So that's uh, that's the uh, that's the non-Cassidy paving side of me. And that, that, <laughs> well, takes, that takes all of the non-Cassidy paving side of the time. And and what do you do for fun? As you alluded to earlier, uh, me and Sean bonded over the Bruins. I'm a huge Bruins fan. Um, and, uh, between I'd say that and skiing are my two biggest outliers outside of work. Well, and, and I know Kevin, one of the highlights of the summer for me was, uh, I came down to play in a charity golf tournament that has a lot of meaning, uh, the charity that it's for. And I played in Plymouth and I know that, you know, you don't talk about it often, but you're on the board of a charity doing some pretty amazing stuff for kids in Boston. Can you just give it a little shout out to the, the charity? Absolutely. Um, a close friend of mine that I met actually in EO using my first form, uh, Glenn Jenowitz, uh, his daughter had neuroblastoma. Um, she, she actually relapsed and passed away this year, but the family had set up, um, charity for kids sake and they and they raise money for funding and they help families when they come into town um to treat their kids with cancer it it, for me it it keeps you grounded and it keeps me okay this is the real side of life this is uh, yeah i might have a problem with x y and z today at work but like your kids are healthy like that's 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 a win every time even when they're throwing their shoe at you Uh, I, I I think that might have happened more than once. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So before we leave, like, what what kind of advice would you have for other people in your shoes? Maybe you know they started a family-owned business. They've got all these thoughts in their head. They want to grow, but you know they they don't want to be working twenty-four-seven. Is there any advice that you would like to leave them with? uh don't don't work for yourself (laughs) it's a full-time job and then some uh no it's 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 definitely not for the faint of heart uh there's there's a lot of ups and downs um i think i heard the quote the other day that it's either it's either complete pleasure or complete terror and there's doesn't seem to be much in between um it goes in great spurts um but um, it is rewarding. Like one thing with EO is people are always asking, oh, what's your exit strategy? What's your exit strategy? Well, I don't have an exit strategy. My exit strategy is death. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I love what I do. I'm going to work maybe not five days a week in my 70s, but like I, I'll continue to to do it. I, I love what I do. Um, it's I, I'm a big kid in a big sandbox with huge toys. So... If you find something that's fulfilling, then I know, I know this, this sounds so cliche and so many people say this, but there's so much truth to it. If you find something that's fulfilling, 
it doesn't seem like work. You know, I'm not punching a time clock. I, I enjoy what I do. And that makes everything in the wheel work better. I couldn't have said it better, and there's no better way to finish our first episode. Kevin Cassidy, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll be in touch real soon, but thanks again for doing this. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Thank you for listening. I invite you to visit seanshepherd.com with the extra vowel, where I have a ton of free resources for business owners just like you. Next episode drops in two weeks. All episodes will be every two weeks. And until then, remember to stop stepping in stupid. But if you do, and we all do, brush it up and keep going.